It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400. Also heard online at thegamesportshow.com and thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from the ESPN 1400 studios in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, will be with you until 8 o'clock tonight. And guests tonight include the new head coach of the Sioux Indians, John Froney. He'll be joining us around at 620. We'll also have Butch Davis from Metro Detroit, a host of the show Butch on Sports, who will get us up to date on what's going on in the Detroit sports scene. And then the second hour roundtable, myself, Butch Davis, and we're hoping to be joined by EJ Russell, host of the Hot Seat from Escanaba, Michigan. But let's start off with local sports, and our first guest is here. You know him very well. He is the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils, also host of Coach's Corner, which you can hear Saturday mornings, 11.05, over on our sister station, 1230 W. WSOO. Dave Watson joining us in studio. Dave, appreciate you coming in and uh, talking local sports. Good evening. Well, good evening on this wintry uh, Monday night. Uh, Roads a little dicey out there. Six Mile was uh, kind of slick coming in, so be careful out on those highways and byways, folks. But uh, always great to come on the game and talk some local sports. Uh, it uh, might be taking a screeching halt for us here yet again. Yeah, we'll get to that in a moment, Dave. But let's get to the games that did happen this weekend and one that you and Pat Bennett broadcast on Friday night, playoff football down in Cadillac, the Sioux High Blue Devils. Had their playoff run end to the Cadillac Vikings for the second year in a row, falling by the score of 34-14. to 14. The Blue Devils, a uh, good first half, leading by one, but as uh, Coach Scott Menard mentioned in the media reports, that uh, kind of ran out of gas in that second half uh, against a very good Cadillac team. Just your thoughts on that game and the overall Blue Devils season, a very successful one. Q Yogi Berra, Scotty, is deja vu all over again. Yeah. Last year. No snow, though. No snow. Yep. That's the, that was the one difference. No snow. It was it was cold enough. Yes, snow it was. Cadillac. It was frigid. I, I thought I was going to have to go get a chisel and uh, <laughs> go chop poor uh, Herb Maloney out of the coach's box. <laughs> we had a heated press box. He did not. I can only imagine a, what that looked a, like. It's a three, uh, kind of a three-room uh, tier there at Veterans Memorial Stadium. Right. Nice stadium, a very uh, uh, old elder stadium, if you will. But yeah, it was very similar to last year's game. Scott Suhai uh, had the league going into the half like they did last year, and, and they did. They ran out of gas in the second half. Cadillac just shut them down. It was more for me uh, how impressive Cadillac was, and just once again, just they're using their sheer strength like they did last year and just dominate. Sue High went three and out in the second half to start the game. Field position became an issue, as I called it, the uh, the newest and greatest uh, roller coaster ride at Cedar Point, known as the Sue High Punting Game. <laughs> Get your tickets now, everybody, right. line up. And that played a role as well, but we have to preface it with the fact that Chris Pierce did not have him uh, as a fullback right. or in the punting game. He did not play. Uh, of course, draw your conclusions there. I think we know, you know, what's the hot to- topic sure. there. 
in uh, contract. It was more of a contact uh, tracing type thing and in close contacts, things of that nature. But they also, Suhai was without Vinny Feebles. And no disrespect to Chris. Chris was a tremendous Suhai football player. Uh, and of course, we wish him the best in his future endeavors. I think he has a chance to play some college football. But I think Vinny Feebles was more of a turning point for Suhai if you're going to look for one. Great. As year. far as not having him because Cadillac offensively, and this is just me, and I'll ask Coach Menard about this uh, coming up on Saturday in Coach's Corner. Cadillac runs that Veer offense. Yep. And they, they run their quarterback, Aiden Gurdon, does those pitches. You don't see him very good in high school football normally. He runs it, uh, and his backs are ready, and the timing's perfect with relative ease. If you have Vinny Feebles, he has that, he has that uh, talent to bust right through the middle at his linebacker spot and blow something like that up. So I thought that was critical. But uh, the coach hit it on the head. They ran out of gas in the second half. And at the end of the day, they just ran into a very good Cadillac team that is very well poised. They're disciplined. They do not make mistakes. We're well coached. They got excellent players. And defensively, they were tremendous. And then they just they just got chunks and chunks of yards and wore down Suhai in the second half and took over and dominated the games. It was a great year for Suhai. Um, they you know the game in Ludington, of course, was fantastic. Uh, they beat Traverse City St. Francis to start the year. They on the road. They Marquette. beat Marquette. Um, just a tremendous year for, it, during a very stressful time. I mean, there was times that you and I both thought that uh, they were going to be pulled back when they were going to Ludington when they announced no school for the district. Well, what's that mean for Sioux right. High football? You you know, I think everybody was kind of questioning things. Right before the Kingsley game, there was a, a positive uh, with the JV team. It's like, how's that going to affect everybody else? And it, it just was very stressful. And as Coach Menard said, he goes, normally those, he said this on our our kickoff show interview one night, actually in the Ludington game, he said, normally you get the butterflies. He said, day of the game, he said, I have butterflies and nervousness Monday through Thursday. Until you get to the game. All the way to the kickoff. Yeah. He just asked Elma. Elma the week before was getting ready to play Cadillac. Scott, they were loading the bus. Yeah. The bags are going in. Right. Phone rings. The athletic director, health departments is called. We're not playing. I mean, that's how it, all the way up to kickoff, you could be in uniform, in pads, and it could be called off. And that's what this year was just so stressful. And they overcame that, as everybody else did around the state. And they, they did it very nicely. And it was, a, it was a fun season. And you know what? We, you know, at the end of the day, who knew that uh, things would be stopped? You know, we figured it was coming. But at the same time, hey, they left it all on the field and they lost to a very good Cadillac. Team. Yeah, great season for Suhai, just getting in all their games. They lose 12 seniors, but they have a lot of talent coming back for sure. Dave, there were two other teams in the area that were alive up until this weekend. Uh, Cedarville had the daunting task to go to Powers to take on North Central and, uh, well, they got stomped, or as you like to say, got tooken, taken behind the woodshed. 55-8 to eight, uh, Cedarville. Yeah, and, you know, Cedarville had a great season, but you know, Powers, uh, probably the favorite in eight-player Division Two. Uh, Cedarville does not move on. And, and then Pickford, and that's a whole different situation right there. Pickford, right. which dealt with COVID-19 cancellations uh they were trying to get in their game friday against inland lakes and the health department the mhsaa said we can't do this guys so unfortunately for both those schools their seasons are over for football and you know i th at one point we thought we we're gonna have mike collins uh, on coach's corner and then uh, i think you know some uh, folks in 
Pickford maybe wisely said, "Hey, you know, pull back." I understand why Mike wanted to come on, and I, you know, I'm going to just go ahead if you don't mind, Scott. You say what you need to say. You know, I know it's a difficult situation, but I had a little bit of a problem with, a, and I'm not going to name him by name, but uh, a certain politician going on uh, social media. And here's my thing all along. Hey, if you're going to throw something out there, you better have something that can stick that have facts. This gentleman didn't have any facts. He he blended things in. He mentioned a retreat that had nothing to do with the football team. And he, he basically made the Pickford community, you know, look like uh, they were trying to raise COVID in here. And I thought that was out of line. That was wrong. And my thing is, and why I was going to allow Mike Collins on, Scott, is because I always want to hear the other side. Absolutely. You know, Both I always sides. want to hear the other side. And, I, and that was upsetting. And this cancel culture that you, you, we hear about nationally, and it's locally, too. And it's like, wait a minute, let's hear what they have to say. They did put out a, a, a release yesterday saying that uh, the – um, the story about them watching the video with just coaches, that's untrue. There was health health officials there and things of that nature. You know, don't put that out there when you don't have f- facts, folks. Don't put it out there. So I had a problem with that. I, I, I felt bad for the f- folks in Pickford because people were, could point the finger at the Sioux, at, at Rudyard, at Brimley, anybody All else. All across the state. This is a difficult situation. And, and and you know what? At the end of the day, they didn't play the game. Whether their hand was forced or whatever the case was, you know, they ended up choosing wisely not to do it. And, and that's all that matters. Well, we found out last night, Dave, that uh, any team that advanced in the high school football playoffs, at least right now, is going to have to wait at the earliest about three weeks uh, due to the Michigan Department of Human Services uh, putting out some new regulations or mandates. The uh, Michigan High School Athletic Association last night uh, suspended all sports activities uh, effective immediately through at least December 8th or until these new orders are amended. Now, this means that there's no high school sports practices or anything going on, which includes the three ongoing fall tournaments locally here. Well, it was football, volleyball, Rudyard still playing. They were set to be in a quarterfinal on Tuesday. And Mark Yule had a press conference today, the executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Associations, and he wanted to stress that this is only a temporary suspension. Nothing's canceled as mm-hmm. of yet, but they're going to wait and see You know what happens over these three weeks. There's talk about trying to finish up these fall sports playoffs in the month of December, which holds its own challenges. But you know, as everybody knows, the coronavirus and cases have uh, exploded all across this region and across the state. And so, you know, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, they're having a meeting on Wednesday with their board of directors to try to put together a schedule as far as, okay, if we can resume after December 8th, what that might look like, where the finals might be, when do the winter sports uh, seasons begin. So there's still lots of unknowns, but the Michigan High School Athletic Association, they got to put something out as far as a plan if, in fact, it's only three weeks what are your thoughts? Well, you know, we, we hope they can come back in the three weeks, but, you know, we, we'll see. I I look at it from the I, – I think you have a better chance at getting the volleyball, maybe the eight-man, because they're closer to finish. Right. That's still going to be difficult. There's a lot of different hurdles there. Uh, the 11-man football, you got three weeks left. 
Yeah, I was just saying to you off there, if you try to finish it, let's say they do come back uh, at after December 8th, which is very uh, questionable if they'll be able to. And you but, can only play one game a week and you only in play football. One game a week. Right. So that means that takes you into Christmas, Christmas. Christmas and New Year. Yeah. Here's the other problem. Now you're uh, clashing with the winter sports seasons that's trying to get, take off. And, you know, even though you want to finish – Fall sports had a season. Winter sports, they had the rug pulled out from them last year at the end. And they're trying to get off. And, and how do you start winter sports when a lot of these fall sports athletes are, go into winter sports? Especially up here with the smaller schools. Yeah, especially up here with the smaller schools. I mean, in, in like Rudyard trying to finish, use him as ex- an example for volleyball. And Carlos Molina is trying to get his girls basketball season right. going. Of course, you know he'll work together because it's all about you know school camaraderie. But at the same time, they all kind of just smashed together and you know i hope we can see the girls uh season and the fall the winter seasons get going and the other thing too that you know i always go back i really like mark Ewell. i, I think too. he is a tremendous executive director of the mssa the the association's in great hands you and i both interviewed him he's a great guy charismatic married to a local girl yep. mercy bell and uh so yeah i like what mark has to say about it and the one thing he always says scott and he said all along He's worried about these outside leagues coming in, AU, what have you, and swiping their players. And I, I think of him, his comment, when you look at, let's take Suhai Hockey, for example. You know, they had one week of tryouts, and then they had to stop because of the the district shutting down. And then they were going to, right before this announcement, uh, Sioux, Sioux Schools announced that winter sports will be pushed back to November 30th. And here's the problem. And, uh, you know, you, if you're Rick Mackey and Sue High, you're trying to have your tryouts, you you could lose kids there. Now, granted, everything else shut down, but you know, you know how travel hockey, they don't stop planning. No. And so he's trying to get kids, you know, perhaps they would be in tryouts and, you know, will they play? I mean, you, you don't know. I mean, if they would go back to Sioux High. So, you know, schools like a Sioux High hockey, for, I just use them as, as an example, they could really be hurt by this. And that's what he's concerned about. And I get that, you know, because this virus is very dangerous. We all know that. It's now here locally. But I understand where he's coming from and where the association's coming from because, boy, if they stop, I mean, where where are they going to be left down the road? Two things different from when things shut down, Dave, in my opinion, in March. One, we know a lot more about the virus, obviously, and ways to contain it. And as Yule said today in his press conference, you know, there's been two plus months of competition for high school sports. And about, you know, according to his numbers, 94% of football teams and volleyball teams were able to compete each week. So there is a body of work as far as, okay, we can, you know, possibly safely do this. Maybe a three week pause, you know, sees the numbers go down, you know, and it seems like the quote unquote super spreader events aren't football games, aren't volleyball matches. It's some of these other things we've seen. And we've seen it locally where we've had, you know, three weeks of, you know, 50, 60 plus hockey tournaments, uh, teams coming in. We've seen a lot of social gatherings, uh, downtown uh, establishments, if you will. So it doesn't seem to me that sports per se, at least high school sports, are is where this virus is spreading. And and he's said that to your point, and he's used the analogy of these fifth quarter parties, right? Things like that that that's where you're having the problem is, and and I said this right at the start of this. You might have heard me say it last March. I said, "Boy, we can maybe do this initially," but uh, you know, I've I travel a lot. My wife and I do. I mean, you've been out there around the world too, Scotty. And one thing I notice is uh, a lot of times people just don't 
pay attention no. to instruction. No. Whether they, they are not listening and they're in their own little world, and I'm guilty of that sometimes myself, but or I'm just going to do my own thing. And we, we, are, we really do that in this country. And uh, I remember saying to my wife, boy, I, if this goes for the long game, we're in trouble because people just can't do it. for They, they just want to say can't, they won't. And they won't listen, and not everybody, but they, you know, whether you're on a plane and they're saying – Buckle up. There's always that clown that has to get up and down and move <laughs> yep. around. And you know, that's my example. I yeah. mean, people don't like to listen to instruction. They don't like to be told what to do. And I had a feeling that this would be. But we, you're right. We're a lot closer than we were before. There's a lot more testing. I think the athletics knows at the high, at the high school and college level and the pros, they know how to combat this or how to navigate around it more than, the, than we did back, back last March when we really didn't know anything. Dave, uh, Laker Athletics, we don't have any solid uh, definitive word as far as their status. They are scheduled to play Michigan Tech, the hockey team, this Friday and Saturday. Games you can hear on Yes FM with Bill Crawford. Hey uh, again, everybody. Yeah, exactly. I uh, hope to have it out of town scoreboard for you. Well, I hope he's not going to complain about the fans, Dave, because they're ma- the first crowd. Why is <laughs> oh, there's a pandemic going on? They had some guidance there. You had Dr. Pateson on, Director of Athletics on Coach's Corner this weekend. I'd have, I had him here last week. And again, things have changed since. Then uh, very well, we could see Laker hockey without fans hoping to get some more word from the university. But it appears, at least at this point, that Laker athletics, at least the hockey team, will be able to play. Basketball teams will start in January at this point, volleyball in February. But again, that could change tomorrow. We just don't know. You know, and and there's a big gray area because at first when the announcement came out last night and uh, Bill Simonson uh, on the huge show, if you have sure you mm-hmm. listen to it, he always has Mark Ewell on and, and I like to listen to it. It'd be a good show for this station to have on it would. In my opinion. But anyways, um, you know, he, he was tweeting out uh, everything and, and he had a good point of they're talking about the pro sports at first, but they didn't say anything about anything else. Then it got leaked out. No, the college is Michigan and Michigan state. Now we're here and CMU can play their big rivals at Western and, football with no fans in Mount Pleasant on Wednesday and you're saying and you were hearing as well that maybe that could get all the way down trickle down to Lake State we hope that that's the case and my thought is I think that would be wise for them to, to start with no hey if you got to start with no fans and that that's really de- detrimental, especially to a school like Lake State. Oh, absolutely. Um, and they were hoping for a 500. It would be the cap, I think, right. is what Doc Payson yep. probably told you, too. But, hey, if you got to start with no fans in this case, because, Scotty, as you know, that window is tightening for them. I mean, if they don't start now, they're talking six-game uh, non-conference uh, season, 18-game uh, regular season. They're going to have like a three-week break, so maybe they could kind of sift into there for a little bit. But if they don't get going, they're not going to get off the ground. Yeah, and the I mean, basketball so- teams, you know, you have the men playing at home one weekend. The women are playing that same opponent on the road. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's lots of unknowns right now. The Sioux Eagles are not playing in the NOJHL. They started up. I know the Thunderbirds and Blind River, they had some COVID situations this weekend. They weren't able to play. We're going to talk to Ked- Coach John Ferroni about the Sioux Indians. So we got some sports to talk about, Dave, but we don't know a whole lot as far as what is in the future. But I do know this. You have your coach's corner mm-hmm. on Saturday morning, 11.05 on 12.30 WSO. What's on tap this week? Well, uh, we'll have the, uh, of course, no scores that matter because there's no scores that matter. What about the Lakers score? Uh, well, we might have the Lakers. Yep. Yeah, the Lakers will have the update that they're playing 
Uh, you mentioned John Ferroni. Great to hear that the uh, coach Ferroni's back. Talk about. Uh, I thought I was back in uh, Back to the Future. Michael J. Fox is. You know, I'm hearing uh, John's back coaching again. I love that's, it. And that's great. I mean, I think that that's a perfect fit for him with the Indians and Zeke and Big Daddy and Dapper Dan Lasley and of course so years well, of coaching experience. Jerry the Jerry the Bear Harwood, those <laughs> boys. But uh, that uh, welcome back, Coach. Good to see John back. But uh, we'll have uh, of course coming up on Coach's Corner, uh, Blue Devil head football. Coach Scott Menard will come on and review the season. We'll probably take the whole hour, and uh, we'll play it by ear uh, what we do Thanksgiving weekend. Scott, I, I might be. Uh, we might have a show. Um, we might uh, take a hiatus, but we'll let you know. Stay tuned for that. But we will have a show this weekend, eleven oh five till noon, over on Radio Sue with uh, Scott Menard, the Sioux High Head Football Coach, joining us for the hour. And if you happen to miss that, you can find the podcast on our podcast site, thegamesportshow.com and thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Thank you, uh, thank you for letting us uh, jump on board. There, yeah, good to have you part of the family. Dave Watson joining us here on the game. Dave, appreciate you coming and talking local sports, and I'm sure we will do this again soon. Before for uh, the new year hits. Thanks for joining us and uh, enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you, Scotty. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk Sioux Indians hockey with their head coach, John Froney. All coming up next on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Now's the time to get a great deal on select Kubota subcompact and compact tractors at Skinner's of Pickford. Take on everything around the house, farm, and hunting camp with our reliable number one selling tractors that are designed for easy operation and feature all the performance matched attachments needed to tackle any job. Right now, get zero down and 0% APR for 84 months, plus no payments for 90 days. Skinner's of Pickford, your tractor source in the north. Now through October 31st, see us or go to KubotaUSA.com. For full details. Since 1916, a lot of independent agents have recommended auto owners insurance, and a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children, and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, auto owners insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us, and all the generations who will. Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan or at MadiganPingator.com. Would you like to pay off your house a little sooner than planned? Do you think it might be nice to have some extra money in your wallet? At Old Mission Bank, we've been busy saving our customers thousands of dollars by refinancing their home loans, and we want to help you too. Let our experienced lenders take a look at your specific situation to see how we might take some time off your mortgage, put some extra cash in your pocket, or take equity out to complete a major project. Would you like to know more? Call one of our experienced loan officers or apply directly online at ombloans.com or Old Mission Bank, proudly serving our community for 20 years. FDIC insured, equal housing lender. November is Diabetes Awareness Month. The friendly and knowledgeable staff at Arfstrom Pharmacy are your diabetes specialists. Hi, this is Andrew Zoki, pharmacist at Arfstrom Pharmacy. If you are in need of diabetic supplies, medication therapy management, or Medicare insurance assistance, we want you to know we can help. We can provide you with all the supplies and medications you need, as well as the expertise to counsel our patients on not only how to live with diabetes, but how to live well. Bring in your prescriptions, as well as your Medicare or other insurance cards, and we'll take care of the rest. Be sure to visit their webpage at www.arfstrompharmacy.com and on Facebook. Arfstrom Pharmacy, your locally owned Health Mart Pharmacy at 415 Ashman Street in downtown Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Health Mart, caring for you and about you. 
Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 623 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. I want to thank our guest, uh, Dave Watson, voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils and Coach's Corner for coming in and talking local sports. Coming up at 645, we'll be talking Detroit sports with Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. And then at 7 o'clock, a full hour of the roundtable with myself, Butch Davis. And we're hoping to be joined by EJ Russell, host of The Hot Seat in Escanaba, Michigan. Our next guest is with us via phone. He is no stranger to hockey fans around this area. Head coach of the Sioux Indians, John Froney, joining us on the game. Uh, coach Froney, thanks for uh, joining us and welcome back to the game. Oh, you're welcome, and uh, thanks for having me. John, I've been asking all our guests this uh, same question uh, to start our interview. Is just, you know, with uh, the pandemic and everything that's gone on this year, how are you and your family holding up during these times? Everything is good. Uh, you know, we're, we've been fortunate, and uh, my family's all healthy. And, uh, you know, I have my wife and myself, and my son are in this area, and my daughter's up in Toronto, but all good. And so we've been very blessed. Well, that's good to hear, John. And it was also good to hear last week when I got word that uh, you are, are now the uh, head coach of the Sioux Indians, a midget AAA squad that has been playing a lot of games. Uh, head coach Pat yep. Caracato, of course, uh, from Sioux, Ontario, with the border closure, unable uh, to you know participate with the team at this point. So my first question is, you know, how how did this all come about uh, as far as you uh, you know getting back into the coaching ranks and uh, helping out the Sioux Indians? Oh, about three weeks ago, I guess now it's going on. And, uh, you know, my friend Jerry Harwood has ran, helped ran that program forever. Him and Mike Canisto, we've been boyhood friends since we were 11 years old. And, you know, they contacted me out of the blue and um, just said, you know, we've got some issues and, you know, we'd like to talk to you about it and would you entertain us? And so I did. And, uh, you know, fast forward, I said, okay, I would do it. And uh, I probably should have got the blessing of my family first. But, uh, <laughs> you didn't run that by him? ask for forgiveness later kind of thing and uh, uh and so that's kind of how it started and you know i felt real passionate you know to to help those guys out you know they've done a great job with that program over the years and um you know they and they do it for volunteer they volunteer all their time and, right and i thought you know if i could help them out this year i'll go help them and um you know wasn't on my radar uh you know, hockey and rinks haven't been on my radar really in two years and uh so, um, but I did it. I did it because you know friendship, and you know, and and there, yes, there was a part of me that, you know, found it a little bit intriguing. Um, so, you know, all in all, so here we are, three weeks later, and you know, we're rolling, and until um, about tomorrow, until we get some news from the in the state so and we'll go from there yeah let, let's first of all uh, talk about the recent results and and the Sioux Indians John have been very fortunate to be able to play as many games as they have I know a lot right. of the teams in the league downstate have not been able to play you guys have been pretty much rolling since uh, training camp in August and yet a couple games at Taffy Abel Arena this weekend yep. against Little Caesars always a very solid program and boy uh, the the Indians played well. Uh, a couple shutouts in in the weekend sweep by goaltender Logan Raphael. Uh, j just walk us through this weekend. You had to be very impressed with how your uh, team played. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, coming off of last week's practice, you know, we we've been trying to adjust some things over the last couple weeks, and you know, the kids just were ready to play, and you know, it all started with great goaltending. You know, uh, Logan Raphael and I have some history together at the high school level. 
you know, and uh, a couple of years ago when he was a freshman and um, he, you know, he's always showing up and he really showed up this weekend, but you know, our defensive play in our own zone was really good, you know, and that just leads to defensemen pressuring the puck and forwards that are willing to block shots. And we were able to get out of our zone and we, they pressed, we got odd man rushes and, and we, uh, we made good on them. And, um, you know, we did kill some penalties a little more than we wanted to, but the power plays we had, we made good on them on the weekend. And when all, you put all the stuff together, we, you know, we walked out of there Saturday night saying, Hey, we played pretty well. And, and then Sunday morning, you know, the, the fourth, uh, when you play a series, that fourth period of the weekend is, is really crucial. You know, it's the first period of the next day and, and our guys showed up. So, you know, hats off to the kids. Uh, I thought they played very well the weekend before that against Compuware. We were able to lose an overtime and get a point for the league and, you know, and then lost two to one to them. And then the weekend before, you know, a split with Honeybake they had and, uh, you know, so it's all kind of led up to this past weekend, and uh, we just played really well. And, you know, uh, like I said, hats off to the kids. John, uh, walking into a team like you have with the Sioux Indians uh, about three weeks ago, obviously different than when you're there for training camp and selections and, and trials and such. How different was it for you to, to step in to a team that, you know, had already been playing, uh, you know, has, has had coaches there that I'm sure are still helping? That, that had to be a, a very unique situation for yourself. Yeah, it was, you know, it's my, that was my first experience of ever that really ever happening, you know, and, uh, and, you know, it's hard on, hard on the kids, you know, they hear all of a sudden they, the door opens and management tells them, you know, here, you know, we have a new coach and here he is. And, you know, it was all new to them that night. And, uh, but we met and, you know, I went over, you know, my philosophy and, and what we, what we got to accomplish in a short period of time. And I asked them to, you know, give me an opportunity to buy in a little bit and, we'll be patient with each other and we'll see where it goes. And, you know, and they're a good hardworking group of kids and seem real friendly, but just this last week, I was really able to put the faces with the names, right? you know, and we're, and kind of where they're from, you know, cause it was, you know, you got 20 kids and you don't know them, you know, you know, a few of them from the, from the area, but uh, that was, that was a little bit different. And then I had to uh, look at practice plans and say, you know, okay, where are we, where are they? you know, in the scheme of how they're playing and where should I start with my practice plans, you know, and, um, you know, so it, it was a little challenging, but uh, it was fun to try to be creative like that. And, um, you know, I guess it's all part of coaching. John Froney joining us, head coach of the Sioux Indians midget AAA program. And John, my next question is obviously with your high school coaching experience and, and other coaching experience, how different is it as for, from a coaching perspective, coaching a, a midget AAA squad compared to a high school, or do you not have enough time invested to even have an answer at this point? <laughs> well, you know, um, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of similarities, you know, you know, you have the same philosophies and the same expectation of your kids on and off the ice. Um, you know, just because they're not high school, you know, just because they're not high school hockey players and they have academic responsibilities to school so they can play doesn't mean they don't have academic responsibilities. They right. do, you know, and, and community responsibilities. So a lot of that is the same. And, you know, we're talking the same age group of kids here. So, you know, there was a lot of similarities there and I've always, you know, connected pretty well with that age group of kids anyways. So, you know, that was maybe to my benefit and, uh, I don't see really a lot, uh, to it. Um, you know, I scouted AAA midget, you know, a long time ago in the North American hockey league when Joe Sean was running the Sioux Indian junior team here for, you know, 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, so I, you know, I was real familiar with the league they play in. I'm familiar with, you know, the caliber of play and, you know, the depth, you know, I guess, 
in our area, the depth is a little bit better in the midget level because they, you can get more kids from more areas. So, you know, instead of having maybe two and a half lines in high school, you've got three and a half lines basically in, 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 uh, the four lines in, in, um, in triple A midget that you can actually play. And you might go six defensemen deep in midgets where in high school, maybe you go, you know, four, four defensemen. So, you know, there's a little bit there, but, but, you know, like I said, the philosophy of, of a, applying what you want to the team and, and the expectations are all the same. John, you mentioned earlier about the league having meetings here this week as far as the new uh, guidelines set forth yep. by the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, uh, which affected high school sports we talked about earlier until December 8th. Uh, what do you know about the future of Sioux Indians games at this point? Or are you waiting to hear what uh, that meeting entails? Well, actually, it, you know, it had taken place earlier today. And, uh, you know, our director of uh, off-ice personnel is Jerry Harwood. And uh, Jerry informed me this morning that we will practice tomorrow and meet as a team. And then they'll disclose to the kids what's going on, which is going to be a, probably about a two-and-a-half-week uh, absence from the game. Right. Um, and then we'll have to figure out, you know, is it best for us to send our kids home for rest period and then not really send them home too much at Christmas if we can get back playing. So that's, you know, that's being uh, discussed right now between all the personnel and management of the Sioux Indians, which is general manager, Mike Canisto and, and uh, Rick Corbier and, and Jerry Harwood. And then, you know, I will just do what they want me to do. I mean, my, my role there is just to, you know, is to coach. And um, so, but they, they've got plans made and, and options. So uh, we'll get the word tomorrow night, but I think that's, what's going to happen is, um, you know, we'll just, do the hiatus like everybody else, and, and it'll be about two and a half weeks. John Froney joining us on the game, head coach of the Sioux Indians Midget AAA squad. Uh, coach, a couple more questions before we let you go. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you being there uh, because of Coach Caracato not being able to come over at this point, uh, is there a contingency plan as far as if and when? And it looks uh, more like if rather than when the uh, Canadian border is reopened sometime this season, or are you just going to? step aside or are you going to be with the team or have you even made those plans yet well that that really hasn't been discussed by management and what they want to do you know and um i came in with the with the hopes of of a positive that the bridge would open right. and pat caracata will get back and coach his team and you know you know unfortunately for patty hasn't even met these kids right you know because of the border situation but um you know so i'm kind of more looking at myself as an interim coach here and, and just uh you know, try to kind of steer the ship until that until the border opens, and hopefully it does, and, and Pat can get back at the range. So, really, that's probably the, the goal right there is for us is to maintain and and um, and keep our fingers crossed with the border, and uh, and then Pat would uh, come back over. Final question for you, Coach. Uh, you know, expectations this season. Obviously, uh, you know, midget AAA program. You're looking to have these players advance to the next level. But as well, this year with you know your results so far, you guys are going to be contending. It looks like for the Maha this year. Uh, what are your expectations for the Sioux Indians? Well, well you know, we in the last uh, three weeks we've taken. Uh, 11 of 18 points and I think we're maybe tied for third you know yeah. so you know we have different expectations now we uh we want playoffs and we want to get in and it's been a while since we've maybe been there I believe or Mike Nissel said but 
you know, we, you know, we want to just try to play every weekend and win. And, you know, it starts with trying to beat the teams that are your caliber and the teams that you have a chance to beat. And I think the kids realize that. And there's teams at the top of that league that are just, you know, very dynamite hockey clubs. But, you know, you'll have a chance to play them. But the goal is for us to make the playoffs and then see what kind of noise we can make when we get there. And, uh, you know, I think, like I said, the last two weeks, uh, we, you know, we've done a good job of putting ourselves in a pretty good position going into this little break. John Froney joining us on the game, head coach of the Sioux Indians. John, always good to have you on. Great to be able to interview you again as far as from a hockey perspective. Thanks for joining us on the game. We'll certainly get the information out as far as the Sioux Indians, when they play next and where. And uh, we'll look forward to hopefully talking to you somewhere down the road. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it all, Scott, and take care of yourself. And congratulations on your uh, venture this summer, getting married and your new house and uh, and uh, stay healthy. I appreciate that. You as well, John. That's John Froney joining us on the game. We come back, we got a few more local sports items to cover before we get to Butch Davis. That's all coming up next on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Boss has your back when the weather turns white in light of day and dark of night. When winter shuts down work and schools, come with resolve and powerful tools. Endure through every push, salt, and stack until your streets are back to black. Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, your boss dealer, just off exit 373, Rudyard, Michigan. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. Don Wilson Insurance Agency is big enough to serve and small enough to care. Don Wilson Insurance offers coverage from Fremont Insurance for personal, auto, home, boat, and commercial. Caring about community is just one of the things that sets them apart. From your family to your hometown football teams, they have you covered. Call Don Wilson Insurance today for your free Fremont insurance quote at 906-635-5600. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. You can also find the game online at thegamesportshow.com, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. You can also find our broadcasts on Instagram, Facebook, PodTrail, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and probably five others that I forgot to mention. We are all over the place and appreciate you joining us on this Monday night. Coming up here in about eight minutes, we'll be talking Detroit sports with Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, who was at the Lions game at Ford Field yesterday as the Lions defeated Washington, the Washington Football Club. We'll also talk Michigan, Michigan State, and more. And then coming up at 7 o'clock, we will start our roundtable. But we have a few more local sports items to cover. We did allude to earlier in talking with Dave Watson, the Rudyard Bulldogs. They're the only fall team that will hopefully still be playing in their championships as they made it back-to-back regional championships last Thursday. 
as they knocked off Inland Lakes in straight sets. They are scheduled to play Carney Nadu in the quarterfinals. Although that match was scheduled to be tomorrow night, but because of the new uh, regulations and the three-week pause in all high school sports, that will be played at a date to be determined. So good luck to the Rudyard Bulldogs. Laker hockey, as I mentioned, uh, their games are, I believe, set for Saturday and Sunday at the Taffy Able Arena. We don't know as far as fans, if fans will be allowed, but we do know this. You can listen to those games on our sister station, Yes FM with Bill Crawford, who will have the calls of both Laker games as they will take on Michigan Tech to start their season. The Laker hockey team was picked sixth in the WCHA preseason media poll. Number one predicted Minnesota State, no surprise there. Number two, Bemidji State, and number three, Bowling Green. We did find out last week that the University of Alaska Anchorage will not be playing this season. They have opted out of the 2020-2021 season. So the Lakers, they were scheduled to go up there in early January. Those games won't happen. So right now you have a nine-team WCHA. And of course, next season will be the CCHA with seven of those teams. Not included will be Alaska, Alaska Anchorage, and Alabama Huntsville. We found out that winter sports are scheduled to resume for the GLIAC in January. The Laker men's and women's basketball team is going to be a little different this year as far as who they play and where. Now, they are set to start on Thursday, January 7th. 2021 against Wayne State University. The men's team will be at home while the women will be on the road. Usually in past seasons before pandemics hit this area, you would have both the men's and women's teams traveling together. However, they're trying to limit as far as uh, teams in one location. So wherever the Laker men are playing, the Laker women, as far as basketball, will be playing in the opposite venue. So for example, in week two, the Laker men will be at Purdue Northwest, while the women will be at Lake Superior State. As far as the fall sports season for GLIAC, which includes volleyball for Lake Superior State University, uh, they are set to begin on February 19th. And the spring sports competition is also set to begin in the spring, but no schedules as far as uh, as far as where the opponents and who the Lakers will be playing at this point. The NOJHL, uh, not including the Sioux Eagles right now due to the border closure, they started their regular season this weekend. It did not include the Sioux Thunderbirds and the Blind River Beavers as uh, Blind River had a few uh, COVID positive cases or exposures and such. So those games were canceled, but there were some other games that happened over the weekend uh, starting on, or I should say last night it was Timmons knocking off Rayside Belfour by the score of four to one. The Hearst Lumberjacks also on Sunday, uh, they won their first game uh, by the score of nine, eight to three, rather, over the Cochrane Crunch. On Saturday, it was Hurst in a shootout win over Cochrane by the score of four to three. And French River, they've won at two straight games to start the season. They beat Espinola in a shootout on Friday night by the score of five to four. And they also won the previous game over Espinola by the score of 6-5. to five. So I believe the Sioux Thunderbirds and Blind River Beavers have been cleared to play this weekend. 
We'll try to get an update as far as the Sioux Eagles. I know they've been back on the ice practicing. Their uh, scheduled game, I believe, was going to be later in November at Trine University. But again, with this ever-changing scene as far as COVID-19 and sports pauses and directives from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, all bets are off right now. We don't want to speculate too much, but hopefully we'll get more information on those sports. So we have covered local sports here on the game, but we got a lot more to cover coming up. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to be talking Detroit sports with Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. Lots to talk about, including the Detroit Lions uh, almost blowing a, another big lead against Washington, but they get the victory to improve to four and five. We'll also talk about oof, college football, Michigan. My goodness, Michigan State. My goodness, those programs maybe wish they were on pause right now the way they've played. We'll also talk about the Detroit Pistons. Pistons have a draft coming up on Wednesday. We'll talk more about the Michigan High School Athletic Association's suspension of all sports for three weeks. And who knows what else we'll talk about. But we'll take a break and we'll get Butch Davis on the line. That's coming up next on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. Now's the time to get a great deal on select Kubota subcompact and compact tractors at Skinner's of Pickford. Take on everything around the house, farm, and hunting camp with our reliable number one selling tractors that are designed for easy operation and feature all the performance matched attachments needed to tackle any job. Right now, get zero down and 0% APR for 84 months, plus no payments for 90 days. Skinner's of Pickford, your tractor source in the north. Now through October 31st, see us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full details. Since 1916, a lot of independent agents have recommended auto owners insurance, and a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children, and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, auto owners insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us, and all the generations who will. Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan or at MadiganPingator.com. Would you like to pay off your house a little sooner than planned? Do you think it might be nice to have some extra money in your wallet? At Old Mission Bank, we've been busy saving our customers thousands of dollars by refinancing their home loans, and we want to help you too. Let our experienced lenders take a look at your specific situation to see how we might take some time off your mortgage, put some extra cash in your pocket, or take equity out to complete a major project. Would you like to know more? Call one of our experienced loan officers or apply directly online at ombloans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, proudly serving our community for 20 years. FDIC insured, equal housing lender. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 
6.46 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. Want to thank our guests so far tonight, Dave Watson, voice of the Suhai Blue Devils and host of Coach's Corner, as well as John Froney, head coach of the Sioux Indians AAA Midget Program. Coming up at 7 o'clock, a full hour of the rounds table, including myself. We're hoping to be joined by E.J. Russell, host of the Hot Seat in Escanaba, Michigan, and our next guest who is joining us right now, Butch Davis. You can find his show, Butch on Sports, on his podcast site. That's at Simply Butch 2. That's T-O-O.Potomatic.com. You can also find him on Facebook. Just look up Butch on Sports or find his shows on our website, TheGameSportsShow.com, TheGameSportsShow.Podbean.com. As Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on in Metro Detroit and the world of sports. Butch, how you holding up on this Monday night, sir? I feel like I'm <clears throat> in a bare knuckle fight here. You know what I'm saying here? With Jeff, a lot of information going on here. Yeah, it sure has, Butch. And uh, we talked about this earlier with Dave Watson as far as the high school sports and the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Uh, you had it on your show last night. News broke last night. We, we kind of saw this coming in many ways that the uh, new regulations from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services have put a pause on many things, including high school sports. The MHSAA came out with a statement uh, effective immediately that all sports practices, games, uh, tournaments are suspended through at least December 8th or until these new orders are amended. And of course, this affects not just the fall sports that are going on with football, uh, girls swimming and diving and volleyball, but also the winter sports that, uh, you know, were scheduled to start. And, and so first question I have for you, Butch, is just uh, your thoughts on this. Uh, you know, I think we kind of saw this coming, didn't we? We all saw it coming. It was just a matter of time before it got just so tremendous that uh, it you know it was just not bearing dealing with there. But uh, right now it's, it's stopped for three weeks. Uh, Mark Real this afternoon on a podcast, not a podcast per, per se, but a Zoom call uh, announced that uh, we will have uh, these sports uh, that were suspended uh, continuing down the road a piece. Now, where that road leads to, as many are saying right now, whatever's going out here right now is going to be around and heavy for the next three months. Uh, that's a lot to kind of chew on for the kids who, <clears throat> you know, who are participating, hopefully did everything right. And um, it's just too many uh, catching it there. You know, uh, the governor spoke very highly that uh, and, and knowledgeable that, you know, this thing is going on in the high schools. Right. And, and you know, well, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly there, but if you're going to look at the high schools, why don't you look at the other portions of you, too, as far as the uh, K-8, you know, where where do they stand, you know? And I kind of kind of shiver on that there because it, we're not looking at the whole picture there. That means everybody, if they per se, you know, want to stop this virus there. The only thing to deal with is uh, seclusion there and also everybody being tested because there's a lot of asymptomatic people out here who don't maybe have the symptoms or whatnot, but are carriers. And uh, many doctors and scientists are believing that is a huge cause on why is the pandemic is now uh, out of control. 
Yeah, I was on that Zoom call this afternoon, Butch, and you'll stress that, you know, sports are suspended. They aren't canceled. Uh, They're having a meeting on Wednesday with their board of directors as far as a timeline. Uh, When and if, I think if is probably more uh, accurate in this case, sports do return in December. But, you know, it's it's my thoughts, Butch, and, you know, I just follow the science with this. I have since the beginning and, you know, all models and all projections are saying that this isn't going to go away in a matter of a a couple weeks. And we may see cases go down slightly, but, you know, it's a long winter ahead. And I personally wouldn't be surprised if this gets moved into January and possibly further. I don't, I don't want to, you know, be the it's too negative, but again, follow the science, you know, will we see sports in December? I understand the MHSA has to plan if that's going to happen, but realistically it looks pretty tough right now, in my opinion. Well, the toughness is, uh, it's very mild, okay, for yeah. what's going to go happen and whatnot. And you look at common sense there, and many of these situations right now that we're facing right now is because someone didn't wear a mask. Well, someone went to a party or someone had a social gathering more than the people that they knew about or did not get tested or supposedly did not know. And that's where the problem lies yep. there. Uh, uh, Mike Duggan this afternoon in the city of Detroit just stated the fact because the Detroit public school system is is closed down completely, yep. okay, from, you know, from Z to A, okay, Uh and the thing about it is he's making the preparations for everyone and everybody to be tested from the young to the 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 um to the older senior citizens matter of fact they're raising the stakes and they're making sure that they go to senior citizen places and 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 test them first and foremost because again they are secluded they are indoors uh uh, this is a this is a thing right now that I think people got to be vigilant on. Uh, there's going to be some sacrifices being done, but again, it, the the sake of livelihood here means a lot more than uh, someone raising a, a a hoot about three weeks off of work versus you know uh, the economy there. That's right now we're we're in a deep situation. We are, Butch, and uh, the game will not shut down. We'll continue broadcasts and keeping our listeners updated as far as, updated, I should say, as well as as the MHSA and uh, return to play if and when that happens. Butch, uh, the Detroit Lions were in action on Sunday at Ford Field. It looked like it was going to be a cakewalk for the Lions after three quarters, but they hung on as Matt Prater hits a 59-yard field goal, giving the Lions the 30-27 to victory over the Washington football team. The Lions 4-5 and will be at Carolina this Sunday. What did you see out of our favorite team that we cover, the Lions, on Sunday? I see a team with a lot of work that mm. needs to be done, very much so with the Detroit Lions there. Uh, you get a substantial lead, your defense can't defend it. You get in a situation where you have opportunities and you don't cash in on it. And just let's let's look at the whole game in perspective there. Washington was a very, very insightful team. They led in the yardage of gaining and everything else. Yeah. Their offense was moving there. And it wasn't for mistakes or maybe a penalty or, or something of that nature. Uh you know, we may be looking at a loss there. As a stand for, you know, Matt Prater got his got his groove back in the nick of time in those three field goals. So he was three for three versus the last three weeks he missed the field goal. Right. And you really you just know he was dependable. He's losing his touch. 
Uh, the passing was great. When you run the ball, you have a better opportunity uh, playing, playing or your defense against you, playing you honest. And that's what happened in this particular game with the Lions when they got the big plays there. They were big plays, a 55-yard field, uh, not field goal, but touchdown to Marvin Hall. But just at the start, that was gratifying, but you got a 27-yard uh, touchdown to Marvin Jones, and then you got the 15-yarder to Swift, but which, by the way, ran a whole heck of a lot uh, for 16 yards, or 16 carries, I should say, excuse me, um, 81 yards. That's that's a very good average for running a football there. And then you add the five receptions he had there. He was a big part of the offense there. And nothing to take away from the Lions there. But, again, there's some holes they need to fill. And they just got by by the skin of their uh, they cats. I was happy they won. But, again, there's a lot of work that this team has to do right now to convince anybody that they're going to be in a playoff hunt. Perfect segue, Butch, to uh, the other couple uh, area teams that played on Saturday, Michigan and Michigan State. My goodness sakes, Michigan State loses to Indiana by the score of 24 to nothing, and Michigan just gets absolutely walloped by Wisconsin, 49 to 11. I think those two teams have a lot of work to do as well. A lot of work. I think they're, you know, they're looking for a way to get out of town by sundown. <laughs> <laughs> really and truly. The Michigan State thing, you can... I can understand a, a hard way to go there with a new coach. Uh, some things that the things that were going on up in the state for the last two, three years didn't make it very attractive for those big names to come in, you know, on campus to play for Michigan State. And that's why I think it's a big reason Dan Tony left out of there. You know, it was, a, it was just too much for him to play, uh, the white knight there and, and, and make sure everything just goes away there. So you respected Michigan State to have some problems. But Michigan, on the other hand, there, uh, they're, they're just plain, plain bad coaching there, okay? Not to take anything away from the kids that they have on the team, but the coaching is, especially at defense and those defensive backs there, that's a joke here. And, you know, for Michigan to look the way they look, offensively as well as defensively there, uh, they ought to be ashamed with themselves. Bush, let's finish up with the Pistons, who have their NBA draft on Wednesday. They have the seventh pick. They're already making some moves. Uh, the Pistons traded Bruce Brown today to the Brooklyn Nets, Nets rather for Dazan Musa in a 2021 second round pick. Uh, you know, Pistons have a lot of cap room to play with. They have a big draft coming up on Wednesday, but Bruce Brown goes to Brooklyn. Your thoughts? Um, it's a money deal. Yeah, uh, you know. I mean, you know, for two years now, they've been preaching Bruce Brown, okay? You get them all set up, you know, ready to go to make a contribution for maybe this year, and now you trade the guy here, you know? Yeah. Only to go to New Jersey, which is an up-and-coming team, and with the stars are coming back, you know, this year, you know, and we know who they are, okay? <laughs> you know, it, and they may get some more, okay, by the way. It's, you know... I, you kind of wonder where the Pistons really going with this particular situation. Now, the new general manager, trade the new general manager now, um, he's got a job to do. And, you know, once a, that draft is set up, and basically the doors are opened up now for trades and whatnot, that we can now 
see how the Piston uh, staff is going to be for the upcoming season and then maybe gauge on, you know, are they going to go far or are they just going to, you know, look for a, a high-paying draft pick, which, by the way, for years now, they have not been successful. No, not at all. They've certainly had their struggles with drafts, and hopefully this one will be a little bit different. Butch, we're going to take our top-of-the-hour break. When we come back, you and I will talk more about the Detroit sports scene, and we'll start our roundtable. That's all coming up next on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. November is Diabetes Awareness Month. The friendly and knowledgeable staff at Arfstrom Pharmacy are your diabetes specialists. Hi, this is Andrew Zoki, pharmacist at Arfstrom Pharmacy. If you're in need of diabetic supplies, medication therapy management, or Medicare insurance assistance, we want you to know we can help. We can provide you with all the supplies and medications you need, as well as the expertise to counsel our patients on not only how to live with diabetes, but how to live well. Bring in your prescriptions, as well as your Medicare or other insurance cards, and we'll take care of the rest. Be sure to visit their webpage at www.arfstrompharmacy.com and on Facebook. Arfstrom Pharmacy, your locally owned Health Mart Pharmacy at 415 Ashman Street, in downtown Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Health Mart, caring for you and about you. Boss has your back when the weather turns white in light of day and dark of night. When winter shuts down work and schools, come with resolve and powerful tools. Endure through every push, salt, and stack until your streets are back to black. Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, your boss dealer, just off exit 373, Rudyard, Michigan. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. Don Wilson Insurance Agency is big enough to serve and small enough to care. Don Wilson Insurance offers coverage from Fremont Insurance for personal, auto, home, boat, and commercial. Caring about community is just one of the things that sets them apart. From your family to your hometown football teams, they have you covered. Call Don Wilson Insurance today for your free Fremont insurance quote at 906-635-5600. Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400 and online at thegamesportshow.com and thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Scott Nason with you for Hour 2. We're continuing to be joined by Butch Davis from Metro Detroit on Butch on Sports. We're hoping to be joined here on the roundtable a little bit later by EJ Russell, host of the Hot Seat in Escanaba, Michigan, as Butch and I will continue the regional sports talk. And uh, Butch, uh, Detroit Red Wings didn't 
didn't find a whole lot of news this week as far as uh, from their team, as far as any moves or return to play. What are you hearing out of the Detroit Red Wings? Not a thing. Uh, I think right now the rule, the National Hockey League right now is trying to implant a date where they will be actually really starting there with COVID going on the way it is right now. Uh, the commissioner of hockey, uh, Batman is right now is looking at hub situations instead of basically uh, allowing the teams to play home and away games there. Right now, it's he feels it's really not suitable for them to do that and be able to travel and play hockey safely the way uh, it was traditionally uh, uh, set out to be there. So right now, that's the real deal right now is how this is going about, you know. But we should hear, you know, some some type of response from the NHL, probably this week, okay, as far as how they're going to go along about this here. Butch, anything new with the Detroit Tigers rounding out our regional talk? Uh, you know, obviously new manager, A.J. Hinch, uh, he's got his coaching staff. Anything out of that organization? Nothing out that right now there. Basically, what you're you're dealing with now is the, the players that they send to play international baseball from and in other parts of the of the world there, as well as their camp down in Lakeland, Florida, where basically they pick up some uh, major leaguers to uh, to play uh, their young kids and get them the training and the staffing that they really need in order to uh, qualify to get on that forty man roster, and then have the extras come on in there and kind of uh, wrestle up for positioning and. Uh, um, being on the Tiger squad, expect the Tigers to look very much so very different from where you've seen them in the past there. Sounds good to me. Butch, we're going to take a quick break. EJ Russell is waiting in the wings. We're going to have him join us for the roundtable. Coming up next on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. Now's the time to get a great deal on select Kubota subcompact and compact tractors at Skinner's of Pickford. Take on everything around the house, farm, and hunting camp with our reliable number one selling tractors that are designed for easy operation and feature all the performance matched attachments needed to tackle any job. Right now, get zero down and 0% APR for 84 months, plus no payments for 90 days. Skinner's of Pickford, your tractor source in the north. Now through October 31st, see us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full details. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 706 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. Continue to be joined by Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. And our next co-host and contributor is here for the roundtable. His name is EJ Russell. Host of the Hot Seat in Escanaba, Michigan. You can find that show on our family of sites, including thegamesportshow.com, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. EJ, how you doing on this, uh, well, chilly and snowy, at least here in Sault Ste. Marie, Monday night? 
Well, I think you guys got the snow because we're doing all right over here. I mean, it's chilly, it's cold, but there's no snow. Uh, I, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, this week's episode of the Hot Seat, we had some technical difficulties, didn't end up getting a chance to, to re-record a portion of the show. So, unfortunately, a two-week hiatus, but Tyler and I got a plan to get back on on Thursday. Uh, but happy to be here with you guys as always. And, and I'll tell you what. My area of expertise is the NFL, and boy, did we have an exciting weekend of football. Well, let's start right there, EJ. Uh, first topic, uh, NFL, uh, week, what, 10, I believe, or is it 11? I can't even keep track. Lots of games, lots of exciting uh, action. We talked about the Lions and the Washington Football Club. I'll go to you first, Butch. Uh, as far as uh, NFL this week, what did you see? Hmm. 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 Well, um, I watched uh, the the Buffalo game. Now I did watch that one, and as the actual that was a very good game. There, I mean, that was up and down uh, to see Kyler Murray grow as a quarterback. There, you know, with his style of play and his ability to get out the pocket and move outside the pocket and and find somebody, and then had a great receiver catch by Hopkins there, that was a, a thing of beauty there, you know, and <laughs> I just enjoyed that particular game in difference there. And the Pittsburgh game I watched too, that was just a slobber knocker, you know, for <laughs> Rothenberger there, you know, Pittsburgh. And, you know, what cracks me up is as many people talk about Pittsburgh not being that, uh, that, that designer team there, but, Yet still, they're nine and all. Keep on winning. Yeah, you know, just mess up everybody there. Tom Brady got back on his shoes. I saw a little bit of that particular game there, and uh, he looked pretty doggone good. And also, uh, a little bit of the New England Patriots win there. That was, uh, to me, a little bit of a shocker there, being the New England, being the way they are right now. But again, they're in the division right now. That if they make a good move and and string up some victories there, they might be in the play there, you know. But all in all, very good week and very competitive games in the NFL. EJ, we'll go to you next. Uh, we're in your wheelhouse, week ten of the NFL. Your thoughts, um, Butch? I I think you're dead on on Tampa. They put on quite the show. Uh, I mean, look at the way that Brady was able to spread around the ball. Six passes to Chris Godwin. Six to Mike Evans. Seven passes caught by Antonio Brown in his second week with the team. Okay, that's a big number to me, and I'll get into that in a minute. Two for a tight end, three for a tight end, two for like the ball was being spread all over the place, and people were catching the ball. They had a great running day. Ronald Jones Jr., uh, 192 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's the kind of performance you want out of your running game. You can't get that every week, but um, they looked as good this week as I thought that they should have looked last week against uh, New Orleans, but had some new pieces get added in. So not surprised to see them really struggle. I think I was more concerned with the fact that the Lions won by three, the Packers won by four, and my Browns won by three. <laughs> I mean, all three of the teams that we're really close to struggled and, and had to find a way to, in games that I think all three, both, or excuse me, all three, the Lions, the Packers, and the Browns should have beaten those teams uh, by more than a combined uh, 10 points, okay? The, the Packers are far better than the one-in-whatever-they-are-Jaguars. Washington football team can't even come up with a name for their organization, so you shouldn't be, you shouldn't lose to a team with no name. <laughs> uh, and I think that the Lions have far better receiving there. Uh, 
Um, and the Browns, uh, you played, you got your win, you're six and three, but that didn't look great. I mean, yes, I, I think it was the first time two Browns guys have rushed for over a hundred yards, uh, in nearly 20 plus years, but, uh, the, they didn't really show me a whole heck of a lot. I think the team for me, outside of Arizona, finding a way to beat the Buffalo Bills, who I think are a very good football team this year, um, and credit to DeAndre Hopkins for going up three-on-one, bringing that ball down. What a catch. I mean, that's, that's why he's the best receiver in the NFL right now. Uh, but the Miami Dolphins, they're 6-3 and three right yeah. now. They're good. They, they look like they're a good team, and Tua is undefeated as a starter for that team right now. Yes, he's 3-0. and oh. Uh, I'm choosing to use undefeated to hype this up a little bit. Uh, but he's got them looking good right now. They're in a division that outside of Buffalo is pretty much wide open. And now that you're six and three, you're right on their, right on Buffalo's heels. Uh, they could end up finding a way to take that division. Credit to the Rams for beating the Seahawks. Seahawks are to me one of the Super Bowl favorites. Uh, Saints finding a way to win, although Drew Brees going down with what looks like a pretty significant injury. Uh, Patriots Ravens was shocked to see the pass win. Uh, Lamar Jackson has to find a way to play better with his legs. He still threw for 302 yards and two touchdowns, or excuse me, contributed for a total of 302 yards and, and two touchdowns. But he threw that pick and that pick hurt him a little bit. And then I, I, you know, those kind of turnovers long, along the game are what kind of cost you at the end of the year. But, uh, the Dolphins, Tua, they were the team for me that caught my eye this week. You you can't look past him. You got a rookie quarterback with nothing to lose on a team that you didn't expect to be here. Uh, just keep slinging the football, doing the best that you can. But I think that the Dolphins might be the best team in the AFC that no one's talking about right now. You guys all hit on uh, quite a few games I wanted to talk about, but I want to talk about three teams that are playing or maybe a little bit under the radar that all have good chances to make the playoffs. Uh, starting with the Las Vegas Raiders, you know, they're six and three. Not a lot of people are talking about this team. Granted, they played a Denver team that has struggled, but you look at what the Raiders are doing in their new location and they have a running game and Josh Jacobs, he had 112 yards and two touchdowns. David or Derek Carr rather didn't have to do a whole lot. The, the defense had five takeaways you know, the Raiders are six and three. They, you got to put them as as at least uh, somewhat contenders in the AFC. Obviously, the Pittsburghs and the Kansas Cities are are the class, but I wouldn't sleep on the Raiders just yet. Uh, you mentioned the Rams, EJ, big win for them. I expected this, and again, a team that's six and three now, uh, tied with Seattle and Arizona, and arguably the best division in all of football. I think if San Francisco didn't have as many injuries as they did, they would be up in that and mix. Still four and six. Yeah, and they're, yeah, and they're still four and six and so the Rams you know they're they're playing very good football Jared Goff again you know he not a lot of people talk about this guy he passed for 302 yards and you know the the Rams I think are serious contenders in that NFC West and the New York football Giants now just remember a couple weeks ago guys they were one and seven and all of a sudden a couple wins Daniel Jones looked okay the defense made plays against Philadelphia I don't know what the heck's going on with that program or that squad, you know, the Giants are only a game out of first place in that NFC East. They very well could win the division at seven and nine. So those are three teams that I'm keeping my eye on. Uh, you mentioned it, Butch, the Arizona Buffalo game. Uh, you know, it is fun to see those two young quarterbacks play. And boy, you you watch Hopkins and what he does. I mean, this this guy, and you said it, EJ, he is 
the best wide receiver in football. He makes plays like beat three guys. Yeah, beat three guys. And and just Murray to get that pass where he got it after scrambling that far was impressive. Pittsburgh, you know, all they do is win. They're still the class of the league. Uh, Baltimore, that, that one really surprised me. I really expected that Baltimore was going to do a little bit better, but uh, that was not the case. And so, so those are some of my takes from week 10 in the NFL. We're going to take a break. We come back. We'll reassemble our round table coming up on the twin Sioux only local regional and national sports show, the game ESPN 1400. Since 1916, a lot of independent agents have recommended auto owners insurance and a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, Auto Owners Insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us and all the generations who will. Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan or at MadiganPingator.com. Would you like to pay off your house a little sooner than planned? Do you think it might be nice to have some extra money in your wallet? At Old Mission Bank, we've been busy saving our customers thousands of dollars by refinancing their home loans, and we want to help you too. Let our experienced lenders take a look at your specific situation to see how we might take some time off your mortgage, put some extra cash in your pocket, or take equity out to complete a major project. Would you like to know more? Call one of our experienced loan officers or apply directly online at ombloans.com or Old Mission Bank, proudly serving our community for 20 years. FDIC insured, equal housing lender. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400 and online at thegamesportshow.com and thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Scott Nason with you. We're continuing to be joined by Butch Davis and EJ Russell for the roundtable. Now, for those that want to hear uh, our version of the game tonight or any past editions, as well as EJ's show, The Hot Seat, Butch's show, Butch on Sports, and other sports content, including Dave McKegg and his gang over in Sioux, Ontario, you can find it on those websites that I just mentioned, thegamesportshow.com and thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As we continue our roundtable, let's go to Butch Davis for a topic. EJ will give you first crack, and then I'll do my best to contribute what I know. Butch Davis, what's on your mind tonight in the world of sports, sir? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, well... I can bring in the covert issue there. I'm just reading here that number 12 Miami won't be playing the next two games due to COVID-19. Uh, the ACC is shuffling their schedule. And right now, many people are doing a lot of shuffling or intentionally, not disintentionally there, but have to uh, make other arrangements there. And just want to get you guys' uh, take on that there. Go for it, EJ. I, listen. We wanted sports back. We got sports back. Now you just got to bob and weave and move and shake and find your way through this. If you can continue to do this while keeping the kids healthy, I'm fine. Now, I do want to make sure that I point out that kids are going to get sick. Okay? You knew that that was a probability, not a possibility, a probability in bringing back sports. The idea was to treat it very much like an injury. The problem right now with college football and I don't blame the kids because I would have done the same thing. Every one of them went out partying for Halloween. And guess what? We're going to suffer our way through this through November. It's going to be a tough November in college football. Okay? More kids are going to get sick. 
larger percentages of kids are going to get sick. But if we want to see college football played, unfortunately, this is the reality that we have to deal with. Now, please try and make sure that the player's safety is the utmost, of the utmost concern because these kids are promised an education first and foremost before they're athletes, okay? They are students first. They should always be students first. Uh, we will figure the schedule out. You can back up the bowl games. It, it would be an absolute um, trying to find the right hurt. I would be very disappointed to see the New Year's Six games be played on a different day. But if that's what this year ends up doing in order for us to have college football, we have to see the New Year's Six on, what, January 14th? I, I'll live with that, okay? The season can be backed up a little bit if need be. The Big Ten started late. The Pac-12 started late. The playoff can start late. It's okay. Just make sure that we're doing this right and we're doing the best that we can to keep players safe because, again, we're going to see sick athletes. People are going to become infected with this disease. There's no question about it. That, that was the reality of coming back into the situation. Just handle it as appropriately as possible and do what you can to minimize risk. EJ, I thought that was well said, and you know this is something that we're seeing at all levels of sports. Uh, Butch and I talked earlier about the uh, new rules in Michigan with high school athletics being put on pause for a few weeks, and you know we've seen it in in all sports. Maybe not as much in the professional sports uh, due to you know mass testing, and when the NHL and NBA and, and to a certain extent the Major League Baseball, you know, well they didn't have the bubble, but the NBA and NHL did, and with college football it makes it tougher because every place is different, every state is different, every campus is different, and you know to have the utmost. Uh, you know, importance of health and safety for the players is just that. And so I think it's, it's good that these teams are in fact not playing these games when there are COVID situations. I mean, look at the SEC, for example, just this past weekend, Alabama was set to play LSU. Georgia was at Missouri, Texas A&M at Tennessee, Auburn, Mississippi State, all those games wiped out, and you already have a couple games wiped out this week. Uh, Miami and Georgia Tech, as Butch mentioned, and uh, Old Miss and Texas A&M. We also had Ohio State and Maryland. That game was not played, and this is this is something that we're going to have to continue to navigate, and it's going to be very interesting to see once we do, and hopefully if we do get to the playoff situation, bowls and such, how they're going to take all those uh, considerations into uh, their selections. I mean, you look at Wisconsin, they hadn't played for about three weeks and they go out and whoop Michigan. What if, you know, they get shut down for a couple more weeks and you have a team that's maybe three and oh, or four and oh, because, you know, they can't play games, whether it's on their campus or not. But you, EJ, you, you nailed it on the head when you said, you know, these, these kids are going to be kids and, you know, we're seeing a spike in cases because not necessarily the football games or, or the athletic competition competitions rather, but just the overall gatherings that we're seeing for Halloween. And, and there's lots of concern as far as Thanksgiving and Christmas. I know my family, we're not doing any large gatherings at all. The health experts are recommending this and, you know, the science, and I keep sounding like a broken record on this, but the science has led us the entire way to where we are and it should be no one's surprise that you know we are experiencing what 180,000 cases uh, a day in the country uh, we're averaging about 6,000 here in Michigan and, and this is something that isn't going away and until people 
take it a little more seriously and get, and you know abide by the health regulations and you know it, it, it's hard it's hard to tell a college student who's away at a university 19 year old kid not to go downtown and, and pack a bar with 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 you know without a mask it's hard to tell anybody to do that because you know we Americans we we like to think we're independent and and and, and not you know we don't like having things dictated to us but the way the science is you know sports like all of society we got to get our um, act together here if we're going to get through this because right now it's it's not looking very promising butch davis great topic your thoughts well good points on both ends of the stick there you know kids will be kids and uh adults will be adults too you know? yeah uh, i can slap that both ways you know i'm Looking at situations where, you know, elementary schools, which a lot of them are open up right now, not in the state of Michigan. Uh, you know, there's, you know, you got to depend on the health departments and whatnot there to dictate the uh, severity of <clears throat> how things are being done. And sometimes you, you kind of wonder, maybe a parent has COVID-19, but yet still the kid is quarantined for 14 days. But when they come back to school... There is no doctor's notice or no test right. being given to that particular child and whatnot. So the uh, he may be or she may be asystematic uh, or somewhat a carrier because they don't have any symptoms or you don't see anything. Uh, it's it's very hard to deal with here. You know, you know just just. You know, the way I see it there. The bottom line, I think, with the professional thing is those professional uh, athletes get uh, checked two or three times a week. General public, if if any, if they don't feel sick or ill or something of that nature, don't get checked at all. So and the scientists would say it on the point of the scientists. The scientists say, hey, look, get tested, okay? You know, don't take any chances. And I think the American public got to go through that and say, hey, look, you know, for the best interest of my children or my 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 son who's playing football, who decide to come home and, and have a sandwich or something before they go back to school or whatever it may be, if they're allowed to go back to school or whatever it may be. From my knowledge right now, the University of Michigan and all the schools in Michigan are shut down to the ground there, okay? Those kids are going to be either sent home or do their tests where they have to do, and if they're safe enough to go home, they're going to send them home. So there's another thing. This is the holiday season where you got Thanksgiving coming up, you got Christmas on board, a lot of excitement in the air. As much as the negativity is all around, people want to stay positive. So it's very hard for me to gauge football or any other sport right now, uh, you know, smooth sailing right now. They didn't do like uh, you know the professional teams did like the NBA did and National Hockey League. That's why sometimes you look at those particular so unique because they, they did things in a surrounding on a bubble area and they were very successful at that. And it's sad that you can't do that with college football because it's a local it's a local gathering there. But again, that you know, we wish uh the kids uh a hair to the particular even the NCAA are talking about doing a bubble, okay? So let's you know everybody do what they do their part, as the governor says, and uh, we'll see things you know hang through. And, and if you're sick, 
stay home, you know. Don't take any chances. Get tested, okay? And uh, I think uh, things will be a lot better. But right now, the way the um, the surrounding area and things are going on right now, that's why I kind of, you know, uh, give Mayor Duggan uh, absolutely uh, uh, a thumbs up there, you know, because right now he's offering testing for everybody, okay? And, and he wants to make it a readily available there because you you need to know what's going on there. This is one of the ways we can stop it or get someone well quicker than they get very, very sick and we, you know, bow on our heads there. So uh, uh hope football and the other sports that are ongoing there take heed to what's going on, do the right thing. If they got to shut down, shut it down. If they don't have to, you know, Maybe not let people come in there to watch the game. Maybe have an empty stadium, but do the things that are going to save our football players so they continue to do what they do. EJ, we know you got to go a little early, but I wanted to get one more topic out on the round table. The Baseball Hall of Fame balloting for 2021 uh, was released today and includes 11 newcomers and 14 holdovers from the previous ballot. Uh, they'll be voting on this at the end of, I believe, January of next year. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, I'm just one that, like, like I, I believe Derek Jeter's on this ballot, and if he doesn't get, <laughs> what was it? Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. I believe was the the highest percentage ever. It was like ninety nine point six or whatever. If Derek Jeter isn't a hundred percent, these writers should be fired. Okay, Derek Jeter's the shoe in the Hall of Famer. He should be the first ever person that is unanimously voted to the Hall of Fame. Great career with the Yankees. Great career with a single organization. Wasn't known for any kind of shenanigans. Just played ball the right way. Um, but the story for me uh, about the Hall of Fame is guys like Kurt Schilling, yep. Barry Bond, and those guys being on the ballot again. And, and I guess to, to piggyback off of you asking me what I think uh, of the Hall of Fame voting, my question for you guys is, does this, do the steroid guys get in? Because if I'm voting, Barry Bond does never sees the Hall of Fame as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Hank Aaron made a, made, had a great statement a while back that, you know, like steroids might help you hit the ball further, but you got to be able to hit the baseball. And he was trying to back up Barry Bonds when he said that. But I don't believe that a large portion of these steroid era guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> because the Hall of Fame is reserved for those that did it the right way. It's reserved for those that are an example of what the game should be. And I don't believe that guys like uh, uh, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, you know, I mean, Kurt Schilling that, you know, admittedly participated in uh, performance-enhancing substances. I won't even specifically say steroids. Uh, I, to me, you cheated baseball more than, than m almost all the other guys that are in there. So I'm just not a fan of putting the steroid guys in. Um, if you do, I, I know that, you know, sometimes people are, are not fans of this. Maybe they, you know, if you want to put Barry Bonds in there, sure. But put an asterisk next to his name, you know, known steroid user. Like, okay, in a, in a league that everyone was using it, you were just the best at doing it, you know. I just, I'm not a fan of these uh, confirmed, I'll say, steroid, or excuse me, performance-enhancing drug users. I don't believe that they should be in the hall. Butch, Jeter, yes, Barry Bonds, no. Butch, your thoughts? 
<laughs> oh boy. You know, <clears throat> I'm just going to say, you know, if they get in, they get in. I'm just plain and simple. I know people are going to kick them in the rear. But there needs to be a standard, Butch. If you let these whoa, 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 guys whoa, whoa, in, whoa, 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 they did. It took uh, an athletic problems to get it done there. Do you agree with the extra this and that in order to get something done? Uh, maybe not there, but it was done, and many had done it, okay? And I don't agree with this squeaky clean type of uh, regimen that People want to give the Hall of Fame, and you look at people like Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth, you know, and some of the shenanigans they did, okay, or have good participated. Point. Very in, good point. Is is something that is that is uh, commemorated either here, okay? And I don't like to call, you know, you know, be a, a, a common down for putting down somebody's judgment or whatever it may be, because whatever they're going to get in the long run, they're going to get it, you know, and and it will show true. If they don't get in, we know that's the reason why they don't get in there, because there are some writers that say, hey, look, you know, this is what's got to deal with. I still believe to this day Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, regardless of his gambling prowess. He was one heck of a doggone baseball player, With and that's something he didn't me- set up. Let me jump in here for a second. Right Pete Rose should 100%. Pete Rose should 100% be in the Hall of Fame, but his ban is a lifetime ban. When he passes, I believe he gets in. That's my theory. Well, yeah, when he's dead, okay. <laughs> you know, he should be in there. But, is, is that? but for, hey, for a human it was a life, it, was, it was a lifetime ban for uh, what was a very egregious crime, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think he ever deserves to see himself in the Hall of Fame for gambling on on, on his own game. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Or games. Yeah, well, we fantasy island everything now to a no, not one. The plane, the plane. Himself. Right. <laughs> had to get that. Had to get a tattoo reference in there. Yeah, I know you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but here's that's the thing. Man. We're over so here trying to be serious, and he's just clowning in the corner. Yeah, well, you know, Bozo, you know, he works seven days a week, Harry, you know, and still wears floppy shoes, you know. I keep trying to tell the guy, it looks like rain, you know. <laughs> but it, it, the thing is, is, I don't think they should be condemned, okay. they uh, If they don't get in, they're not going to get in because somebody's not going to vote them in there. Derek Jeter, again, you know, I, I say uh, 100% that guy, he got to get in, okay. That way, uh, he he plays this, uh, the the squeaky clean guy there. I have met him. I have dealt with this guy for a humongous amount of years. He's always been very gracious. He's always been a professional. When he could do something, he did it. When he couldn't do something, he was very honest about it and did it in a proper manner. He wasn't like a little chump that sit up there and get out of my face or all this other junk. There, I I never done that or never came in contact with Derek Jeter's doing that there. And I've seen him at some occasions there where I've had a couple of pops with him <laughs> and he still didn't show, you know, that kind of aura there. So 
you know, let, let's see what happens. We know the the ones who are not going to get in. You can about count on your fingernails that are right now that those individuals that you just mentioned are not going to get in because of that there. But I'm not going to say they don't deserve to be there. Yeah, I kind of side with Butch on this one, EJ. Uh, maybe a few years ago, I might have been more along the lines of, you know, these guys, they didn't do it right. They cheated baseball. They cheated themselves. You know, you look at the last vote. Schilling got 70. You need 75%. Schilling got 70%. Clemens got 61. Bonds got 61. It, it gets tougher as the years go on to uh, – make the Hall of Fame ballot to get that 75%, especially when you have guys like Jeter and Larry Walker and other ones that are coming in. But, you know, and I think Butch hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, yeah, guys like Ty Cobb on there. I mean, you, I would put these guys up against Ty Cobb any day because that guy was a downright scoundrel back in the day. I mean, the stories that he did, uh, I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree with you, EJ, that I think it will be later on before he gets in the Hall of Fame. And so if the writers, if they get 75%, much like an election result, if they get that number and they get in, great. Congratulations. I won't be celebrating them personally, but they have the numbers, obviously, to prove it. EJ, go ahead. Final thought. Yeah, I I think the problem for me is... is You guys are both Tigers fans, right? Yes. Kenny Lofton Mm -hmm. was one of the best center fielders in the nineties. Hands down. He was, he had the speed. He could hit the ball. He played the position very, very well. Kenny Lofton, unfortunately will never be on another hall of fame. He might be arguably the best leadoff hitter of the 1990s. This is a guy that was the best leadoff hitter in a decade. And he's getting snubbed from the hall of fame from guys that cheated the game. That I have a problem with. Like Kenny Lofton barely, and, and I'm seeing a little bias here because Kenny Lofton was a longtime Cleveland Indian, mm-hmm. but he got shafted and absolutely uh, put to the back of the bus when he should have been one of the first honest names up there. And guys like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and uh, Roger Clemens and Chris Schilling, they were in front of him. These are guys that cheated the game of baseball, and Kenny Lofton, who never had such uh, accusations or um, findings against him got screwed. Kenny Lofton was a dynamite leadoff hitter, and anybody that's a Tigers fan knows that Kenny Lofton went on first base is one of the most dangerous things that you can go up against. Absolutely, he was a fantastic. He was fantastic leadoff hitter, and then he had Omar Vizquel hitting behind him in the nineties. I mean, the, the part I, I guess for me that I struggle with is that we're going to vote in, and it looks like it. And I, I I'll well, give we all struggle with that, like, you know. Well, they're going to put these guys in, and then guys like Kenny Loft to get left we out. We struggle with Lou Whitaker. Lou Whitaker. You know, yep. Day, yep. We still struggle. Yeah. Here. It's just it, it, that one is one for me that hits home that I can't believe that a writer would put in Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens above Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling was a little bit less egregious, although it did cheat. Uh, it didn't feel as bad to me, but. Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds getting in over Kenny Lofton will bother me for the rest of my life. And I just think that for the writers, I asked that if you're going to put these guys in that cheated, maybe you should bring back some of these guys that just missed the cut of remaining on the ballot. What is it? 7% of the votes. What you need. Kenny Lofton barely missed that when he got cut off the ballot. Uh, put Kenny back on there and tell me that eventually down the road, he doesn't deserve to be there because you let down the road, he needs to be on there so now. He needs to be in there a long time ago. Okay, right, when he but they, retired but they kept there. These guys, and that's they, stupid. They kept these it, guys on the ballot. It's stupid that they don't put them in there. Okay, They're, exactly. 
Well, the thing I don't about think we it is, in the, we shouldn't be putting in these cheaters over a guy that played at the Raiders. Well, I understand that, but you, 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 here's the thing: here, who do we have to replace the same bombs? I mean, the same people, okay? <laughs> who nominating them every single year? Who's stopping Sports Center and all these other shows from giving all these guys these high? Highfalutin doggone good shows on the air right, for the two voters, or three hours voters, or whatnot. But the voters are. But they have to be nominated first by business people and whatnot. That's the first thing that comes up that a lot of correct, people don't but understand. Correct, if guys like if, if guys like you know yourself, Butch, Scott, myself, mm-hmm. Dave McKeg, our whole cast of Corral uh, uh, characters that we have on our multiple mm-hmm. shows, if mm-hmm. we can wholeheartedly agree that a guy like Kenny Lofton should be in before. A Barry Bonds, or should it at least still be on the ballot? How are these big name writers bouncing guys like Kenny Lawson off? There's, there seems to be some sort of fault in the system. That, and that's probably the boogie woogie club. The boogie woogie club. We go on the side, but you can't get in the club, okay? They need and to give me a vote. the problem with communication. That's why we talk about fake news and all this other crap here because those same individual people, uh, they do the news like Walter Winchell did the news way back in the 30s and the spend... 40s and the 50s, man. Too. So, so the best it, of the best, the guys happening. that are voting, and but Butch, the guys that are voting in that room, and, and I'm not here to say that any of us don't do our jobs well, but they all probably do their jobs far better than we do ours. And it's so nice. I don't know about that one. Very seriously. (laughs) Well, yeah, I do too because they're willing to vote for bonds. They haven't called Scott Nason on on ESPN on on the on the weekly show. Nobody call me. Stand in there and see how he performs. That's right. We're poor. Give me some of those writers that come on the hot seat and let's put them on the hot seat and figure out how they defend that. Very good topic, guys. Very good conversation. EJ, I know you got to go before we let you go. Let's get your thumbs up and thumbs down. And what's ahead for the hot seat this week? Uh, Thumbs up for the week in sports. I got to give one to my Cleveland Browns. You played a 10-7 game and found a way to win a game that normally it feels like we're going to lose. We got to 6-3. and You know, we, we found a way to win that game. So thumbs up to Cleveland Browns particularly the rushing attack. Great job this week. Thumbs down in sports. Man, I, I don't want to say this is a thumbs down, but more like a, ooh, that stings to the Buffalo Bills. Like, Buffalo, you did a great job late in the game, coming back. Josh Allen throwing that touchdown, uh, putting your team ahead. And then you just, it's, ah, man, it's like ripping off a bad gap. It just hurt. <laughs> like, you didn't do anything wrong there. You did everything you were supposed to do. Yep. I'm not giving thumbs down. To the Bills, I'm giving thumbs down to the fact that that's the way that that team lost that game because Kyler Murray scrambled, made a throw, earned the throw. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins went up, earned that catch over three players. It's just a, a, a rough way to lose that game. Buffalo played great all day long, didn't deserve to lose like that, but credit to Hop for going up and uh, mossing on him, as they say on the air. Uh so thumbs up to the Cleveland Browns, thumbs up to just the way that the Bills lost, but not to the Bills. EJ, what's up for the hot seat later this week? Yeah, thank you. Wait, 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 I'm sorry, what did you say? I said, what's My in? that's all right, what's in store for the hot seat uh, later on this week? Oh, I thought you were saying good luck with the hot seat. This that week. too. So we're going to get, yeah, we're going to get into our gripes and groans like we always do. We'll talk a little football, college, NFL, 
Um, we always try to wrap, wrap up with our Pick'em segment, which is the part that got cut last week, and we just couldn't figure out a way to re-record it. But uh, for those that like a little gambling, we do a little bit of sports betting on there. Uh, NFL, uh, NCAA football are the highlights right now, but we do get into everything. So check out the hot seat. Uh, Thursdays we record. You can check it out at thegamesportshow.podbean.com with myself and Tyler Willett. So we'll be here this Thursday. EJ Russell joining us on The Game. EJ, thanks for joining us. Uh, Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you next Monday night. You too, boys, and I will see you. All right, that's going to do it for this segment. When Butch and I come back, we'll start or reestablish, I should say, our roundtable. You're listening to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, You're listening to The Game on ESPN 1400. November is Diabetes Awareness Month. The friendly and knowledgeable staff at Arfstrom Pharmacy are your diabetes specialists. Hi, this is Andrew Zoki, pharmacist at Arfstrom Pharmacy. If you are in need of diabetic supplies, medication therapy management, or Medicare insurance assistance, we want you to know we can help. We can provide you with all the supplies and medications you need, as well as the expertise to counsel our patients on not only how to live with diabetes, but how to live well. Bring in your prescriptions, as well as your Medicare or other insurance cards, and we'll take care of the rest. Be sure to visit their webpage at www.arfstrompharmacy.com and on Facebook. Arfstrom Pharmacy, your locally owned Health Mart Pharmacy at 415 Ashman Street, in downtown Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Health Mart, caring for you and about you. Boss, as your back when the weather turns white in light of day and dark of night, when winter shuts down work and schools, come with resolve and powerful tools. Endure through every push, salt, and stack. Until your streets are back to black. Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, your boss dealer, just off exit 373, Rudyard, Michigan. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Also heard online at thegamesportshow.com and thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As we continue our roundtable, I want to thank EJ Russell, host of The Hot Seat, for joining us on the roundtable. We're continued to be joined by Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. And Butch, we touched on the Detroit Pistons earlier tonight. And, well, it's uh, NBA draft week. It's NBA uh, trading week or weeks. Uh, and we had a big one earlier today. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, uh, they're showing that they are very serious contenders. They're hoping 
hoping to be this upcoming season as they acquired Chris Paul from the Oklahoma City Thunder for several uh, players, including Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, uh, Kelly Obrey, uh, Jalen LaCue, I have no idea who that is, and a 2022 first-round pick. Chris Paul going to the Suns. Uh, what's your thoughts on that and just what we may see as far as the NBA? We saw a lot of trades last year, maybe a different scenario this year, uh, maybe with COVID and some of the other players, but uh, your thoughts. Yeah, you got another Harden type of situation going on with Chris Paul there. You know, which team is going to end up being a, the right fit for him before he retire and have a stick on his hand there? Uh, you know, you know, Devin Booker is a is, is a rising star in the NBA. We can't deny that. Then, uh, personally, Chris Paul, a veteran that he is, he will get the ball to him there. Um, and others who uh, will work to to receive the ball or also do some things on defense that Chris Paul is not lacking of doing on on uh, the professional basketball court. I, I kind of like the trade, but again, what they gave up. I mean. Uh, what they gave up, I mean, and I'm talking about the Suns, that's a little bit more extravagant there, especially when it comes down to somebody like Ricky Rubio, who, to me, right now, last year and the year, and the year ago, he's coming into his own and being one of the better uh, distributors of ball and, and also a point guard in the league there. That, you know, you can't, despite his, his work, when it comes down to getting the ball on the floor and not making too many mistakes and stuff there. So, it, it, it's something to kind of didn't whistle your your way against there. I'm waiting for the Harden situation. That was yeah. the big word with Houston trying to trade Harden. But again, there's a lot of players that's going to be flipped that we haven't heard about. Detroit may have some people that's going to be flipped here. Okay, just to get rid of uh, uh, some cash load and uh, get that uh, get that markability down, so they maybe get a player that maybe fit in. Okay, because right now they don't have anybody or no kind of leadership at all. So no one's saying too much right now about who's going where and whatever it may be. But, again, you know, it's not close to the draft yet. And I think that's going to be the time where you're going to see a lot of names being flipped to place to place. I agree with you, Butch. I think Wednesday night could be very interesting and not just with the draft, but where some of these potential players go. I think this trade today is one of those ones where I think it helps both teams. Obviously, Phoenix, they're looking to take it to the next level. Uh, when the NBA resumed play, Phoenix was playing as good as anybody, but they had too much ground to catch up on to make the playoffs. You know, acquiring a guy like Chris Paul obviously will help them. Uh, you mentioned Devin Booker. That makes a pretty good combination there, but you look at Oklahoma city and, you know, giving up a, a lot of, or I should say acquiring a lot of draft picks, uh, getting rid of Russell Westbrook. They weren't even sure if Chris Paul was even going to play for them and all they did was go to the playoffs and, you know, you look at all these draft picks Oklahoma city is going to have over the next uh, few years. It's incredible how many first and second round picks they're going to have. And so this is one of the ones where I think it really helps both teams, uh, you know, Phoenix 
Phoenix, a team that certainly wants to be a contender. Oklahoma City, a, a team that's used, <clears throat> excuse me, used to being a contender. But but you said it. I think a lot of people are waiting to see what happens with Harden and Westbrook. Uh, you know what the Pistons might do. I know their general manager, Mister Weaver, has said you know all options are out there. Uh, they have a lot of cap room. Are they going to try to acquire someone to maybe make the next step now, or are they going to try to you know maybe free up some more cap room and build around the youth because you know this Detroit Pistons team Butch you know obviously last year was not a good year uh, they were finished at the bottom of the league but you know having that cap room and availability something they haven't had over the last few years certainly um, it makes it more interesting I think for the Pistons heading into Wednesday night yeah well they had a lot of bad moves in the past right. there that basically that quick uh, quick uh, uh, let me see. The Harris move was the was the one that really kept me of uh, saying that this team was not really very much so serious. As Harris went to the the uh, the Clippers before he went uh, over there to the Seventy Sixers, and is doing nothing but getting All Star status there. Um, Detroit asked to find a person who, and I and I say this. Very humbly, not come here for just the money, but come here because they want to stay in Detroit and make ample contributions down the road a piece there. And I don't see that out of their players. I mean, I see some players commercially, you know, you know, maybe getting with a bank or something of that nature, or but you don't see those same players hanging out in the city of Detroit or doing anything of staying here all year long. And uh, right now, the Pistons need somebody like that, and also the venue they're playing in. You know, they can't keep on uh, turning out maybe twelve thousand people a game in a twenty-two thousand seat uh, arena. There, they got to get people interested to come there, and the only way they're going to do it is they win and have some aspiration to going to the playoffs. Butch, we got time for one more topic before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. Uh, what would you like to talk about next? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you say that a lot. <laughs> There's so much stuff going on. I know. It's gritty indeed. WWE, you know, that's a subject that's uh, near and dear to my heart. Selena Vega getting fired at the uh, announcement on Twitter that she wants to unionize uh, be part of a union and whatnot for wrestlers there. And let's get your little take on that particular firing. This just happened this Friday. There. Yeah, I did see that there. Uh, Zelina Vega uh, going to social media, and uh, obviously the WWE uh, did not like that as uh, her ter- her contract was terminated on Friday. Uh, she was very vocal about keeping some of her social media accounts, but uh, upper management felt that. She, quote, boxed them into a difficult situation by sticking with her third-party platforms. I know the WWE always tries to keep the, you know, the the character, if you will, of the individual. Now, that was a lot easier to do, Butch, uh, probably when I followed it more back in the 80s and 90s when, when you know, this, there weren't any surprises, there weren't any social media accounts. And so I think the WWE has had a hard time trying to uh, keep their uh, performers in line. Uh, I did see Randy Orton also had, had uh, got fined, I believe. Uh, the WWE sent out some information there. Uh, 
by putting his hands on Adam Pierce last week on Raw. Orton apparently wasn't happy with Pierce when he was told they would have to put his title on the line just days before Survivor Series. So, uh, you know, the WWE in this in this new world that we live in, Butch, it's kind of hard to rein in people's social media accounts, and uh, looks like they're layeth, layeth the smackdown on many of these individuals. Well, especially when you got something in a product like the AEW that basically right now that is ran strictly by wrestlers, okay? Right. Who basically looking at the the, the planet of, of wrestling in general and how it evolved in the first place, not adding anything, but bringing back some of the old-fashioned wrestling that people like where there's a, a dual time limit in a match or just getting two performers going out there being outstanding with moves and wrestling moves besides sitting up there and being violent and killing one another there. Uh, it's a little bit more edible or uh, delicacy to take when it comes down to comparing both of the forms there. And I think right now the WWE is not threatened by it, but they're sure looking over the over their head of the work they're doing and so fast and so quickly that Turner Network is supporting that. And I think they should, Butch, because you know, you and I are both wrestling fans, and I gotta be honest, I've watched a lot more AEW over the past few months than I have WWE, and mainly because because like you said, it's run by wrestlers. It's kind of that, you know, I wouldn't say an outlaw group, but it's more of the wrestling that we grew up watching, especially on TNT and TBS, you know, the WCW and before that, the NWA. It just seems, it seems more real to me that WWE just, it's, it's sometimes just too scripted, too predictable. Very much so, too predictable. When you find a famous person ready to retire, and the only thing that WWE can do is insult that particular person on their last eventual match or whatever it may be, it it, it really shows the 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 mentality of a of a organization and how they look at things. And everything has to be bad, okay? And it's not, okay? People like to see uh, wrestling used to be a family thing where. I know when I got into wrestling, it was because uh, once upon a time, wrestling come on at 11.30 at night yeah. to about 1 o'clock in the morning, and you, that was something you and your mom or your dad, you know, got some, made some popcorn or whatever, maybe and enjoyed the event on television and whatnot, or occasionally go down to the most called the Cobo Arena and go see the Sheik, Bobo Brazil, and some of those other wrestlers that come out and play, and it's it's not that way anymore. They're, they're, they're very much so violent, and uh, getting the women to be violent and whatnot there. And, uh, it, it, it takes a shaking on, on, on how you approach things. Bush, let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I will start uh, thumbs up to Dustin Johnson, winner of the Masters. Was, wasn't the most exciting Masters that we've ever seen, but anybody that shoots 20 under par at Augusta should get the credit, and he uh, steamrolled through the competition. The Masters in November, let's hope this is the only time that happens. You got to have it in the spring. Let's hope next spring they do it the right way. And, and also thumbs up to a couple Big Ten football teams, Indiana. They continue to play well. And my dark horse, Northwestern, uh, 4-0. Watch out for the Wildcats. They are playing very good football. And, and thumbs down to the Michigan teams this weekend. Uh, Michigan State, which is expected, a work in progress. 
and Michigan, I mean, boy, they did not look good. They didn't even look like they were there. And again, Coach Jim Harbaugh, he's got to be thankful for that large contract. Rumors have it that he may be extended. As a Michigan State fan, I hope they extend him for life. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. Oh, well. Worst of things has happened. Uh, the WWE gets a thumbs down here for the Selena Vega incident there. Uh, they let a very talented individual, a, a very talented wrestler, and also innovator in there with, a, you know, smarts and, and some brains there go there. Uh, she's done a lot for the WWE as far as how they carried it. She's going to go to the uh, AEW or something and really turn the tails and maybe uh, get wrestlers to buy into being unionized in such a fashion where they don't have to pay their own health insurance or when they're broke or whatever it may be, don't, can't find a decent place to live as many wrestlers as we have heard in the past have gone through bad times there. Uh, thumbs up for Matt Prater and the, uh, Matt Prater. I just say Matt Prater, you know, he's out on his limb for three weeks and he came back on Sunday. Uh, hit his extra points and also those field goals, three of them there, and uh, made the Lions uh, win the game there. So let's give one to Matt Prater, a thumbs up for him. Butch, 30 seconds. What's up for uh, Butch on Sports this week? A lot of crap here. We can't think <laughs> a lot about uh, uh, what they've, you know, about what we're going to do on the show there. I'm quite sure we're going to look at the draft, of course, there. That's. Uh, first and foremost, and also some trades are going to probably be rolling on in, but also maybe talk a little bit about some high school sports and how men, much so it's going to affect uh, some other people there, and I'm going to talk to some coaches and whatnot there, interview them there, and see how they're taking care of business with their parent teams that are still in uh, some ramifications for state championship. Uh, Detroit Lions did admit today that they will make the place available whenever they have the championship going on on that particular weekend. Butch, want to thank you for joining us tonight on the game. We'll talk to you next Monday night, sir. Very good. All right, want to thank all our guests, including Butch Davis, EJ Russell, John Froney, and Dave Watson. Again, if you want to hear the full two-hour version, you can find it on the website, thegamesportshow.com and thegamesportshow.podbean.com. That's going to do it for this Monday night. Until Monday night of next week, we'll talk to you then on our next edition of the game here on ESPN 1400. Thanks for listening to the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.